I'm Angie, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. We are the Faithless Sisters, four women who love Jesus and who have committed to spending time studying the Bible and growing in friendship with each other. We love being together, and we hope that you'll enjoy your time with us. Previously, still in chapter 9 of Nehemiah, the Israelites were in sackcloth and ashes. They reviewed their history and confessed their sins. It may seem like a pattern's developing here. God, you are good. Then the people became stiff-necked. God delivered them. Then the people rebelled. God continued to be faithful and good in the face of the people's rebellion, and he used discipline and love. God brought his people through the wilderness into the promised land. This week, we're in for a surprise. (laughs) No, not really, because this is how our (laughs) scripture starts, but they were disobedient. Uh, Reading Nehemiah chapter 9, verses 26 through 31 out of the NIV. But they were disobedient and rebelled against you. They turned their backs on your law. They killed your prophets who had warned them in order to turn them back to you. They committed awful blasphemies. So you delivered them into the hands of their enemies who oppressed them. But when they were oppressed, they cried out to you. From heaven you heard them, and in your great compassion you gave them deliverers who rescued them from the hand of their enemies. But as soon as they were at rest, they again did what was evil in your sight." Then you abandoned them to the hand of their enemies so that they ruled over them. And when they cried out to you again, you heard from heaven, and in your compassion you delivered them time after time. You warned them in order to turn them back to your law, but they became arrogant and disobeyed your commands. They sinned against your ordinances of which you said, the person who obeys them will live by them. Stubbornly they turned their backs on you, became stiff-necked, and refused to listen. For many years you were patient with them. By your spirit you warned them through your prophets, yet they paid no attention. So you gave them into the hands of their neighboring peoples. But in your great mercy you did not put an end to them or abandon them, for you are a gracious and merciful God. That's a good way to end that passage. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I like like that. that. Um, So let's just touch a little bit on the cycle of responses that the Israelites have had toward God over and over. This, I mean, this is a real cycle. It's yep. a real pattern for them. Absolutely. Yep. So can somebody just, uh, Rosemary yeah. touched on it a little bit earlier where they were, you know, given to the enemies and then they would get in trouble and they'd cry out and then God would rescue them and then they would cry out and God would rescue mm-hmm. them and then they would cry out and God would rescue them and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we can look at the history of this people and look at how they are responding to God, and we can almost be judgmental towards them, but then we look at how we respond to God sometimes. It's like what I I know for myself is I'll get in that sweet spot where they talk where they hit rest, Mm -hmm. and then I get in trouble. (laughs) Like My thinking goes awry or things get off. Well, I think we get complacent. You know, things are going good and things are quiet. And then our tendency is to think, oh, well, I'm handling this pretty good. I'm doing pretty good now. Mm -hmm. And once you start thinking that way, then you're not thinking that you really need God. Yeah, you You slip into your own kingdom. Into your own kingdom. Absolutely. Yeah. That is so easy to do. Good work, wouldn't it? Yeah. And I think, and he, but he keeps the reason he keeps um, allowing them to go back into captivity or exile or whatever. He keeps trying to warn them through the prophets to bring them back to him, mm-hmm. by back to your law, back to my commandments, which are good and helpful and life giving. Mm-hmm. 
and they keep going back. Yeah, yeah the law condemns, though. Mm-hmm. That's the purpose of the law, is to be... Um, Tell us where the line is. Mm-hmm. To show us that we can't keep it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, the law is out there, and um, it's not easy to obey all the law. It's not. Mm-mm. So I think it's also to show us that we've always needed grace, that we were never going to be able to live a good life on our own, right. um, that we needed a Savior. We needed someone who could really change us. Um, and I think that's why God was so, you know, he kept pointing everybody to the law. Here's the law. Here's the law. But it, I think it was mostly to, sh- to say, you're not going to be able to keep that on your own. You're going to need me to live that way. That's just an external thing right. coming at us. But what we needed is the internal change We need the change internal change. Yeah. That Jesus brings. Yeah. So a couple questions come to mind. Why did God make the law so hard? Well, I don't think he in, he made it to be hard. I think it's just hard in our fallen state yeah. to live at that righteous level. So really, to me, it seems like the law is truth. The law is truth. And it's an absolute truth. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't live in a society these days where we talk a lot about absolutes. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are some absolutes, and the, the Word of God is absolutely absolute. Right. Yeah, and, and, and the law was there so that we could understand where our sin was, or mm-hmm. so this is why I'm struggling to connect with God. This is what's in the way. Like, have you ever had those situations like, I don't know what's going on, God, I don't know what's wrong. And then, and it's like, really, if you look at his word, you'll see it. If you're willing to t- um, tear the veil from your own eyes, I guess would be a way to say it, yeah. and you actually be willing to be in the presence of God and see him. Um, you'll you'll understand that how we're falling short. There's a verse in the New Testament that says that the law was like a tutor to teach us, mm-hmm. to guide us. Um, well, now we have the Holy Spirit in us, and so mm-hmm. He is our teacher and our guide. Mm-hmm. But they didn't have the Holy Spirit in them. He hadn't been given. He hadn't been shed into the hearts of men or into, um, you know the body of Christ the way he has now. So it was a little bit different. They they didn't have that inward witness or that inward guidance um, like we've got. So a little bit different yeah. for them. And, and so it can confirm by our spirit. We can... Um, we get the confirmation of the Holy Spirit when we're doing that, but I know I also need God's word because I know yeah. who I am, yeah. and I know like I'll get that confirmation going. Like you were saying, do you really want to do that? That's how God usually will that? approach me. Yes, do you really want to say that, Angie? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And my thought would be, oh, it's in the Bible. I'm sure <laughs> I haven't found it yet, but it's in there. You know, so it's good to have it written down. Mm-hmm. It so is great. It's clear. Yes. Yeah. And even it, it hasn't really changed over the centuries. Mm-mm, it's no. been pretty faithfully reproduced, even from ancient documents. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, in like the standards of ancient documents, it has really been pretty much the same. Hasn't done much, and that's something. Um, how faithful of the Jewish people to mm-hmm. do that, you know? I think. Sorry, I'm really thinking here. That's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Um, the laws that were given here are different than how we think of laws as in our current society, too. How's that? Um, I, because, of course, the laws are set there to 
protect the people and to serve as kind of boundaries. Um, but these are laws that governed how they ate, how they cleaned themselves, mm-hmm. how they, um, you know, when they did things and how they did things. There were very specific mm-hmm. laws, yeah. which now we live under more general laws mm-hmm. in the society that we live in, at least. Um, we live under more general laws. Don't drink and drive, you know, don't, much to my chagrin, don't literally drink anything and drive. <laughs> you know, and back to that again. <laughs> She's really bucking against the point system. Of me. Or you can purchase my fake hand to put attached to your Yes. <laughs> um, you know, but the the things that we live under are kind of general societal rules mm-hmm. and they apply to everyone. Mm-hmm. The laws that um, the Israelites were living under were not applied to everyone. They were specific to God's people. That's true. And they were very specific in the things that were expected. Well, in the beginning, it was just the Ten Commandments. So those ten laws um, were, were basically how to live. You know, don't, don't kill, don't steal, don't take your neighbor's wife, those kinds of things, some pretty basic guidelines. But then as time went on, more things were added to those laws, all the dietary restrictions um, and a lot of other interesting kinds of restrictions. Mm-hmm. You can do this at this time. You can't do that at that time. Um, uh, I'm sorry. No, I, I think a lot of times people read the Bible and they read those. Yeah. And they think, how can you believe everything in the Bible? And it's like, let's go back again. We talked about this earlier. Let's go back to the culture, mm-hmm. Yeah, what was happening at the time. And then let's just get curious. Why did that law? Why did that matter? What was important about that law? Um, I think not eating pork or something like that. They mm-hmm. couldn't effectively eat that in a clean way that, where it wouldn't harm them. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know. Yeah, I think there were a lot of a lot of the dietary restrictions and the mm-hmm. cleanliness um, requirements were based on health issues. Well, mm-hmm. nobody really knew about much about that at the time, but God knew. And so he found a way to protect his people by saying, hey, you know, make sure you wash up. Make sure you don't eat that. Um, Isn't that amazing how we're finding out why those make sense now? Yeah. And out of the faithfulness, the Jewish people just did those laws. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, But it's fun for us to kind of know about germs. They didn't know about germs. Mm, No, not a word about germs. Well, in pork, um, it's called the other white meat. Excuse me. But really, if you talk to someone who's really into diet, you know, diets and how it affects your body and everything, pork is not good for you. Pork does not digest the way other foods do, mm-hmm. and it will sit in your um, digestive tract or whatever for longer, and it can begin to putrefy in there. And oh, yeah. Terry, that ruins I, my barbecue. Just, <laughs> it's no wonder I don't like pork tops. I, I, I do. saying bless your bowels? I'm I, not sure. <laughs> I, I, I eat pork. I, uh, I yeah. still like do. Pork, yeah. But again, I think you have to be very careful how you prepare, how you prepare it. it. You don't want to eat pork that is not completely and fully mm-hmm. cooked. It's not good for you. Well, and I always thought that was because of worms. Yeah, worms. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah. It comes to mind. So if you imagine you're out in the desert, you're not baking your um, pork roast you know, for six hours on low to make no. sure it's fully cooked. 
I don't know. Yeah, okay. yeah you're yeah. not going low and slow. No. Low and slow. No, and no. you don't have a thermometer or a meat thermometer right. to stick in there to, to see it. Plus, I'm good. trying to think of a pig in the desert. Like, how do they get through a sand dune? That would be so hard. <laughs> <laughs> Probably roll them down. I don't know what you would do with a pig. They're big. You know, yeah, in North Carolina, we, yeah. s- we do a pig roast. We dig a big hole in the ground, and we mm-hmm. stick it in there, and we cook it. Wow. Um, so I'm sure they... You know, I'm sure they had their ways like right. that, probably. Um, but still, I don't know how you. I mean, well, we know how long you should cook yeah. it now, well, right? That's what I say no to some yeah. things for them. That's yeah. right. I mean, that just goes back to the the, the rules that w- the laws that we live under um, look very different, mm-hmm. and and some of the laws that we live under are different because of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't have to have. The sacrifices, and we don't have to, you know, give our firstborn or and our fir- first fruits, and you know all of these things. We're not required to do those because of the grace of God by sending Jesus. Right. So, and we'll touch more on that later on as we go on. But um, okay. anyway, yeah. But the the thing I guess is it's a standard. It's a standard that's set by God, not out of meanness. That's why I kind of was yeah, kind of laughing. Right, I yeah. kept thinking, why are these so hard? But it wasn't to make them hard. It was no. just to care for them. They were set out to of love. Them. Yeah. And so... Well, yeah, because if you run off with your neighbor's wife, he might come after you and kill you both. Doesn't that make sense? As it should be. As it should be. Right. Well, and yeah. in this culture, like literally the woman would be taken out and stoned to death. And mm-hmm. yeah. In the public square. Mm-hmm. How many laws are there? Rabbinic laws, do you know? Oh, or, um, oh my goodness. Laws. Anybody want to guess? 600 and something. something yeah. Is it 600 and something? That's all I knew too. I yeah. didn't know the real number. I was hoping something. 697? It's a pretty high. 30, uh, 600 and something. All right, everybody put your number in. <laughs> okay, what's your number going to be? Just write your number down. I'm going to say 632. But it's that, I mean, think what it would take to remember all of those laws. Yeah. Especially for those of us who are not good at memorizing things. Oh, my things. goodness. Six. Yeah, I'd be in a heap of trouble right I would from the be start. In a lot of trouble. Oh my goodness! But what what if it was part of your daily life? You know, how did you start your car? They didn't have cars back then, but we don't have to remember how to start a car. We just kind of know. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we just get some now. Muscle it's all memory tricky kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I wonder if that was part of it, or the community just hey, you know what? We don't do park. Surely, right, right. right. Yeah, like, yep. So you didn't even have so to think about that. Yeah. Just, yeah. But then understanding why we don't, because God mm-hmm. said, and we're honoring God. That was probably a piece through all of it. Mm-hmm. Was um, the phylacteries, do you guys know what those are? The little boxes of the law that they right. write and hang around their And they put on their foreheads. Forehead. Yeah. yeah. Just yeah. different things. Then they have another, something that they put on their arms. Mm-hmm. Um, and around their waist. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, a lot was required mm-hmm. back then. We think life's hard to get through now. Can you imagine having to literally wear the law on your body? I'm not, and so, like, when I'm saying that, I just as I'm saying, I don't know that that was like God's law for them. It might have been the way they interpreted what God wanted them to do. Because man got in the middle of things and really messed things up. Yeah. Let's just be honest. Yeah. <laughs> and the Pharisees kept adding. There's Pharisees, right? Yeah. Right. That law, all the laws that they put on, and, mm-hmm. and made it truly impossible for anybody to keep. Yeah. I like the Big Ten there, Angie. I like just the Big Ten. Just, yeah. <laughs> 
It kind of covers everything. Yeah. You know, it's like bullet points. You could, you could write under each one specifics Mm -hmm. or whatever if you wanted to, but basically that covers it. Yeah. Yeah. So when we talk about the sin and the cycle of sin, it's like the people would be fine with God. They'd be straight. And then it's like they would break a law. Right. And it's, I think God knew they were going to do that. Oh, of course. Of course. Yeah. Which is yeah. why Jesus yeah. came, really. Right. This was all the redemption plan, even back mm-hmm. from the Garden of Eden, you know. Mm-hmm. How gracious and merciful. I think about God. Yeah. That. yeah. I'm nodding. You people can't see him. We're all yeah. nodding our heads. <laughs> yes. We're in the yeah, because we can sit in general, and then they sinned again, and then God restored him. But I think God was like, this is the game. This is what's going on. This is the best you can do, and I get it, and I love you. Mm-hmm. So I'm in it with you. You can make those decisions. You can choose to be like the Babylonians, and even worse, we have free choice. Right. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Um, and, it's, and it's almost like God saying, yeah, got it, and I'm right here for you. Our twins just started walking the last two oh, days. Oh, how awesome, Rosemary. Yeah, it's so fun. But what I'm noticing, the parents, they're like right there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. They're going yep, to fall. Yep, they're going to yep, fall. It's going to yeah. happen. And they do. And they're like, yay, you're okay. I got you. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's almost like kind of picturing God doing that. Uh, I like that's that. Really yeah. Because yeah, yeah. you beautiful. know that's where they are. Mm-hmm. This is the best they can do right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought of it um, like they were being rebellious teens. You know, they're not listening to wise counsel. Um, They're pushing their limits. They think they know better. They're, you know, this is my my choice, and so this is what I'm going to do. But and you're not the boss of me. Oh my (laughs) gosh! Yeah, yeah. And part of it for me, I know I have this tendency um, to. Where is that line? just to check that line. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, it was back there. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of what happens for me. Um, Who is it? Andy Stanley. Andy Stanley, I was listening, I don't remember what he, he has a really good podcast. I like his podcast. Mm -hmm. But he was saying our culture has a tendency to entice us to break the rule, to go across that line. Mm -hmm. It says, come on, you can do that. Come on, you can do that. Come on, you can do that. Then once you cross it, the culture goes, Ugh, you're worthless. We don't want to be with you. For example, someone who's uh, drinking, you can drink, you can drink, you can drink. And then when you cross it and you become an alcoholic, it's like, you're, you're an alcoholic. And there's all this mm-hmm. shame that they'll attach to it. But we do it with everything, not just alcohol, gambling, everything, right? right? Mm-hmm. And um, I could be easily enticed. I'm, I think, I, not to do evil, but to find out where the line is. Like, I'm mm-hmm. always wanting to know where the line is. And I have a feeling you guys are not like that. <laughs> oh, just think about it. Terry has to get out her binoculars to see the line. Yeah. yeah. She's, yeah. she's staying way back. The line is a dot to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? I I'm, I'm like to follow rules, but I'm nowhere near even thinking I don't cross the line. I certainly do. Um, who doesn't? Yeah, we who all doesn't? do. Yeah, I like to follow the rules, but I don't follow them 100%. Yeah. You know, the, the, if the speed limit is 70, I go 75, five over, because really, <laughs> you're allowed to go five over. Because you won't get a ticket. You. Yeah, they won't yes. stop you for five over. So the real line so, is 75. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I was I, I just talking about lines. I remember in geometry class, like it was turned into a philosophy class. My um, teacher would say, 
here's a line. Now prove it. And I was like, I trust you. (laughs) I'm good. Like, we're good. And he goes, no, prove it. I go, prove you use Chuck. You know, it was like he turned into this philosophy class. <laughs> I didn't do oh, very well. to be a fly on the wall of Rosemary's College Education. Yes. Oh, no, that was even in high school. I was that oh. bad. And I got kicked out of math classes a lot. So. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But, it, but, but a part of that for me in, in my nature is testing how far is too far and not knowing it. And it's, you got to be so careful because once you're on that other line, you're separated from God. That's the sin. Oh, guess what? You've sinned. Yeah. But the part that's important is knowing that there's a line. I think we don't always pay attention to the line, um, certainly as a culture. Um, well, we have a lot of things that interfere with that, like independence. Yeah. You know, we, we, we value our independence. And I think we, we're brought up in a society where, um, you know, self-reliance and independence and self-responsibility, those are all very important things. Well, there, there comes a place where while those are good things, you also have to realize that you're part of a greater society. You're not just an independent person who gets to do whatever they want if it feels good, Mm. as long as it doesn't hurt anybody else, because sooner or later, your actions will impact other people. Mm -hmm. And so that's where those boundaries come back against you, Mm -hmm. Um, even within your family. You know, I I wanted to... um, go explore. You know, my family's real adventurous in a lot of ways. And so when I got to be a young adult, I wanted to go and see different places and do different things. Um, But then when I moved to Seattle, that hurt my mom. As much as she supported my move, um, it hurt her feelings that I wasn't with my family anymore. Well, you know, as a young adult, I wasn't thinking, oh, gee, that, that could have lifelong consequences. And I know it hurts my mom right now. I was thinking, well, you know, I'm an adult now. I have the right to go, and I thought God called me, so yeah. for sure I could go. Um, so I think in our culture, especially, it's it's a little bit difficult because we so value that independence and that's that right to self direction. You know, you bring up another point. Following God's law could be feel hurtful to other people, not intentionally. Not intentionally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It just is sometimes, well, sometimes because you're not in their game. Yep. Yeah, sometimes in a family. Um, you know, people, even like my family were Christians, but I know that there are certainly families out there where maybe one or two members are Christians and the rest are not, um, then that's, that's hard because it can be hurtful both ways. Mm-hmm. Well, and when you decide to take a stand and follow God's law and follow what he has for your life, it sort of, it does set you apart. Mm-hmm. Even does. from your family, as you say, yeah. um, so you may choose to do a thing or to not do a thing mm-hmm. because that's what God is leading you in. And then um, if you choose not to, let's just take, for instance, uh, the drinking. So if you become a Christian and that's one of the things God says to you is not to do that for yourself, then um, and you stop that, then when you go to the next family function and you don't, well, what's what's up with that? Why? What, how come you're not here? You? Yeah, what's yeah. going on? I just, you know, like I just feel like God doesn't want me to. Oh, here we go again. The tambourine <laughs> beater is going to tell mm-hmm. us what we're, you know, oh, you know. And then they're like, so you think you're better than us? No, and I'm not telling you you're wrong. I'm saying this is what God has for me, mm-hmm. but it doesn't come across that way. It comes across as, oh, you're better than us. Oh, now you're better than us. You're not going to do that. I 
did run into some of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think when I look at the Israelites and what they were doing, I think as we come through the history, they're getting worse and worse, worse. and oh, worse. Yeah. Like the more you cross those and test those lines mm-hmm. and hang out on the other side, the more progressively worse this is going to get. It's a slippery slope. Yeah. yeah, once you justify one wrong action, then it gets a lot easier to justify the next wrong mm-hmm. action and the next one and the next one. Right. And it's not like God didn't know we weren't going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. So we always have that opportunity, like when you find yourself on the on the wrong side, <laughs> on the dark side. <laughs> oh, dark Just side. hop back over. Mm-hmm. Hop back over and say, God, whoa, I get it. I see what I did. Please forgive me. Repentance. Yeah, That's what repentance. you just turn and you choose another path. Mm-hmm. And we always have that available to us. And what's so cool is as we study the Israelites, they were in bad places, mm-hmm. and God still redeemed them over and over and over again. There's a, um, a short list here of things that um, out of Second Kings were... Um, I just, I, just as you were talking, I looked over and I'm like, yep, oh, here we go. It's in, it's in order, and it's a progressively, as they get worse and worse, so they become arrogant, you know, oh, hoity-toity. Then they become stiff-necked. Then they disobey God's commands. Then they refuse to listen, and then they sin against his ordinances, and then they stubbornly turn their backs on God. That's pretty blatant. It is. Yeah, and it's it a is. step at a time. It's mm-hmm. one crossing, crossing one line, maybe the next and the next without turning back to God. So coming back to a little bit of what um, Angie was saying, there is no phrase in the Bible that says, God helps those who help themselves. No. <laughs> no, that's one of those things that's not no. in the Bible. No. And people don't realize that. Mm-hmm. What God wants instead is this dependence upon him. Mm-hmm. But when we become arrogant and we want to live in our own kingdom, yeah. um, that's arrogance. Mm-hmm. That's arrogance. And it's slight and it's subtle and you can slip in there so easily. Mm-hmm. And some of the ways we do it is like, I know better. I can gossip about this person. They won't hear it. Mm-hmm. I can. There's all these little tiny justifications that we use. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's easy for us to slip and start on that path. I've noticed myself saying lately uh, in my head, it's always been a like a joke between Greg and I. <clears throat> We're both firstborns and we both want to be the boss. And so I would say to him often, you are not the boss of me. <laughs> right. And then sometimes he says it to me and I say, I am the boss of you. And the sooner you figure that out, the better <laughs> off we're going to be. <laughs> I am the boss. Mm-hmm. But I hear myself in my head saying things, uh, saying that to trying to think of an example now, but, um, you know, for instance, simple things, go in that line, you know, you, you only have 10 items, you can go in that line. <laughs> You're not the boss of me. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, here's one, I always say it. Don't cross over the line. If you're on the expressway and they're doing work and they want you to stay in your lane, mm-hmm. big sign, stay in your lane. I always say in my head, you're not the boss of me, and I will oftentimes go in the other lane on purpose. No, Terry. So I see. I do break rules. We have a rule breaker. <laughs> I cannot believe it. I don't think that's a law. To me, that's just a recommendation. Although, yeah. Here you go now. <laughs> no, you have to be careful. Thing. If if a policeman has someone pulled over on the side of the road, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have heard this. You have to get over in the yes. other lane. It's yes. not okay just to slow down anymore. Yes. Oh, really? You have to pull. Yeah. 
into but the other lane you if it's possible. Safely. Right, yeah. But we had a situation not too long ago where um, we knew someone who, there was a policeman with someone pulled over. They slowed way down thinking that's all they needed to do, but they did really slow down. And the policeman came after them and pulled them over and said, you didn't slow down enough. And he said, well, I, I didn't think I could get over. It was on the freeway. Yeah. And there was oncoming traffic or, you know, yeah. fast traffic. And, and the policeman was like, mm, nope. Wow. wow. You should have pulled over. Well, so be many. careful from now yeah. on. <laughs> well, those are in, like, construction zones. There's, there's nowhere to go except for those. You know, those. your fines are doubled in construction zones if you do get pulled over. Yeah. Right. We're okay. just trying to help you out here, Terry, because Thank we love you. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> so Thank here's you. here's another part about that. You have to do ever if you break one part of the law. This we're back to God's mm-hmm. law, not necessarily traffic laws. <laughs> um, um, but if you break one, you've broken them all. Mm-hmm. Yes, and and that's another piece to know that you can't say, "Oh, I'm just going to break this. I'm just going to break this." And we just, uh, when you cross that line, you cross that line. But I think that can work against people too, because of a like a guilty conscience. Okay, well I've already I've already messed up. So so what's it matter anymore? Let's then? go for it. Yeah, right. I, I, I'm sure that some people got caught up in that. Well, it's like you know I can't keep those laws anyway, so I might as well just live the way I want to. I know people now who live like that, mm-hmm. who have said to me, you know what, God doesn't like me anyway, so why does it matter? Mm. Which is such a heartbreak to me to hear stuff mm. like that, because I mean I've struggled a little bit with. Um, you know, when I've made mistakes with feeling guilty and not, you know, not feeling like God isn't mad at me. I I had a lot of that. Um, He was mad at me for doing certain things or letting him down or not doing certain things. And it took me a long time to come to see that, well, mainly through my children, that's, yeah, he knew I was going to let him down. He knew I was going to fall down. Um, But he's loved me all along. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't change his love for me. He's going to make a way. He did make a way. He gave his son mm-hmm. um, as a sacrifice for my sin. And he did that before I was even born. So he knew all along what my life was going to look like. And he chose to save me mm-hmm. and put me in his son and make me a part of his family. And so if he's not surprised by what I do, then I can't ever let myself get the attitude that he's mad at me or disappointed in me because that's just part, part, part of being kids. You get over it and you move on. I think it's important to note that the Israelites rebelled over and over again. Mm-hmm. And it, at one point, God was like, fine, you have to suffer these consequences. And Absolutely. he handed them over to the neighboring what is it? The neighboring peoples. Mm-hmm. Yes. So he does get to the point where he's like, you need to cool off. You well, need a timeout. There are consequences, right? He Any does. good parent has consequences for their children when they are misbehaving. And we see those consequences now, too, in our own lives. Mm-hmm. You know, when we stray from God, when we cross those lines, when we push that boundary, whatever that is, sometimes we feel the consequences immediately and sometimes we don't feel the consequences for a long time. I mean, like God says that, you know, you should not overspend. You should live within your means. Um, And when we overspend, then the next month things have to be leaner, you know, or if you are 
overspending for years and years and years, then you can't retire. Right. Or, you know, mm-hmm. well, and the anxiety that goes with those kinds of things, you know, if you, if you're living outside what's good for you, whatever mm-hmm. those boundaries are, um, you have anxiety, you right. overspend, yeah. well, then you have to worry about your finances. Whereas if you didn't overspend, you wouldn't have that anxiety. That's right. So you don't have that rest. Yeah. Yep. How can you be at peace when you're, yeah. I think one of the things I often think is the sin that I'm doing today will not impact me in the future. That's one of my trickiest things. Mm-hmm. Think, not being able to see my life today that I'm living, I don't think my sins will show up. And it's like a moment on the lips, 10 pounds on the hips. Or I don't remember <laughs> right. that. It's like, I think I'm going to get by with it. That's it's the like, best I'm good. analogy. Right. Yes. Yeah. We don't realize how our future, where you're saying you can't rest, you can't retire, you can't do all those things. What we do today does impact our future, and it impacts the future of people around us. That's exactly what I was going to really? say, is it affects our people, too. Yeah. It does. You know, because if you look at the Israelites here, like... The things that um, that Terry read, these were things that past Israelites had done. These were things that their ancestors had done. And now the people that were there to rebuild the wall had been suffering the consequences of yeah. generational mm-hmm. sin and disobedience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and hopefully the things that we do are not going to affect our family's generations ahead, you know, hopefully our sin is not so great and heavy that, mm-hmm. that our families will be in exile. Sometimes that happens, you know, if you're looking at abuse, that mm-hmm. is generational Generation. impacts, mm-hmm. um, neglect, all kinds of things that they, that do affect, um, but God is still so good to bring us back in no matter what. If it's a quote unquote little sin right. or if it's one of, you know, the big 10, mm-hmm. um, He's still just so good to bring us back. Well, and the flip side of that is those of us who are Christians now, we can set a new course for future generations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a family, if you came from a family where there were non-believers and now you believe, you're going to impact um, from here on your children and their friends and their children. Um, so it can have a very positive thing too, that generational influence. Absolutely. And the people here, um, you know, they see this generations of of returning exiles acknowledged the captivity and the reasoning behind the captivity. And it was, it, it, God opened their eyes to that so that they were able to say not anymore. Well, remember we talked about, um, I think it was Dee Dee and her large teaching that after this building of the wall, they did not ever fall into idolatry again. As a nation, they, or as a people, mm-hmm. um, they kept God as their only God. That's a huge deal. And that was a huge deal. So that's a different, like, I was thinking back what you were saying, like this cycle of sin is like, it goes over and over and over and over again. And there is that hopelessness, that feeling like, well, I've already gone across, might as well stay here, or here's how we do it, but it's like, ultimately, if we get in and wrestle with that sin, and not with that sin, but if we actually, if we turn to God and set the sin aside, and we screw up again, and then we do it again, and it's this cycle of over and over again, God's so gracious, but we're never 
starting back from that first time that we crossed that line with that sin. We, we're starting from a place of knowledge. And so mm. ultimately, like we, and, and the idolatry is a real good example of that. I just want to really encourage people to, if you have an ongoing sin that's repeating and repeating and repeating, keep going, keep repenting, keep going back to God. You can go back a thousand, thousand, thousand unlimited times, mm-hmm. right? And keep going to him with that. And ultimately, he changes your heart. In what happened to the people of Israel, they did not go back to idolatry. So eventually, that sin they got They had put a heart down. change. Yeah. yeah. I think a key to that, too, is um, we talked last time that Nehemiah spoke it out and called people out on their sins. Mm-hmm. They They said... I mean, he very clearly said, this is what you were doing and this is wrong. Mm-hmm. He said that in the, you know, to these people in the past. And they had to swear an oath mm-hmm. that they would not do these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said, you know, I'm going to shake out my robes and this is what's going to happen to you if you go back if into this. Back. And that was, you know, going back to the lending and the mm-hmm. um, enslaving their own people. Right. But by the fact that it was spoken out loud and it was brought into the light, that no longer held the power that it did in the past. Mm-hmm. So if you're struggling with something over and over and over again, maybe you need to find somebody that's trusted yes. and who can be someone of wisdom mm-hmm. and someone of discretion mm-hmm. and say, listen, this is what I'm struggling with and I can't seem out to get out of this cycle and I need help. Mm-hmm. I, this is what I'm doing and find an accountability partner. Yeah. You know, find a counselor, um, find somebody who you can say, even if it's, you know, your mom, your mom, um, <laughs> your mom, your mama, <laughs> like that commercial and <laughs> your mom. Anyway, <laughs> um, you know, if it's your mom or your sister or your brother or your best friend or whatever, you know, just say, Hey, this is what I'm really struggling with. And I've confessed it and I'm really trying to stay away from it um, or change my heart. And I'm praying that God will change my heart. But I need somebody to know that this is going on. Mm-hmm. That's huge. And um, I think what we're tempted to do too sometimes is go, all right, let's Google how we're going to fix this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would really encourage you to find people who will pray over you, pray for you, um, lift you up. And for heaven's sake, stay off of WebMD. Oh. <laughs> or you'll get every disease. That's right. You know, yeah. psychologists, when we go through um, schooling, we doing the um, abnormal psychology and stuff like that. What happens with us is we think we're around, everybody is crazy around us. It's so funny. <laughs> you kind of go through that phase when you see them in school. The same thing happens with doctors. They become like hypochondriacs. They're like, oh, I have this disease. I have this. <laughs> right? Yes. Don't try I'm, and fix it yourself. Yes. I'm guilty of that. Yeah, I like what those commercials about talks about the warning signs of strokes. Oh yeah, <laughs> I am not watching it. Don't Number watch one, it, I no. have migraines, and sometimes you think you're having a stroke. Oh, you know, yeah. But, uh, yeah. So I'm like, no, I'm not listening to those. Mm-mm. Yeah, those are not trusted sources. So find a trusted, <laughs> a trusted person. person. Yeah, that you can speak to. Another part I just wanted to bring up was at the end, the Israelites had, had certainly endured many trials. This is in the FYI box, and it's by John MacArthur. But there's part at the end of it. Um, the people asked the Lord to help them in their present distresses, yet they still recognize their distress had befallen them because of their sin. They did not blame God, but also they did not refrain from asking for his mercy. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. what we need to do. 
This isn't God's fault. God didn't set up that law to make it tricky and hard for us. Or to... So that we'd fall and he could punish us. Yeah. Right. It's not a trap. No, no it's, it's a not truth. a trap. It's the, it, there's the law of truth, you know, and did I say that right? I don't know. No, the law of sin and the law of truth. And they just, that's the way they operate. Like the, the law of light, you know, when light comes into a dark area, the dark mm-hmm. goes away. Yeah. That's just the law. Yeah. It's just like, that's just what happens. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, that's kind of the way these operate. Mm-hmm. And so God was trying to warn us and help protect us with that. So that's a great summation, Rosemary. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Well, would somebody like to pray for us today? I'll pray. Okay. Father, we thank you for this time together. Lord, you are such a great, compassionate, loving Father. And we're so grateful that um, you recognized that we would never be able to keep these laws without Mm -hmm. you, and that you gave us the law to show us our need for you. Um, Father, we are so thankful that um, you gave your Son, that he came and lived a sinless and perfect life, Um, so that we could be in relationship with you. We are so grateful, Father, that he was willing to leave heaven and come to earth and sacrifice himself, shed his blood, his innocent blood, so that we could be made right. Lord, we thank you for this time together. We ask that the truth of your word will penetrate and change our hearts. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't let us ever be stiff-necked or stubborn. Um, We don't want that, Lord. We want to know you and love you and follow you. And we want to have that abundant life that Jesus promised us. And so, Father, thank you again for this time together. We pray your blessing on everyone that's been here with us today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Ha, ha, ha.